In the ongoing effort to avoid deaths from opioid overdoses, naloxone has become a valuable tool for first responders as well as ordinary citizens in helping reverse potentially fatal consequences. And a new study from the state looks at the merits of increasing the dosage of naloxone, as some medical research has suggested that more potency is needed to reverse fentanyl overdoses. To discuss the findings and the issues more broadly, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by two of the report's authors, including Emily Payne, an epidemiologist for the State Department of Health's AIDS Institute. Welcome to the show, Emily. Hi, thanks for having me. And also with us is Dr. Sharon Stancliffe, Associate Medical Director at the State Department of Health's AIDS Institute. Welcome to the show, doctor. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. So what was the impetus for a study of the effectiveness of a four milligram dose of naloxone compared to an eight milligram dose of naloxone? Well, really, it came from the fact that we at the State Health Department have an opioid overdose prevention program, which provides naloxone to community organizations throughout the state. Um, And through that effort, we provide some different formulations. But when the new eight milligram product got approved in 2021, we weren't able to find any data that actually could show us what impact this might have. So the main goal of our evaluation was really to determine uh, whether higher dose internasal naloxone, the eight milligram product in this case, would be included as a part of the products we offer through our opioid overdose prevention program and also through our standing order, making naloxone available without a prescription statewide. So how did you go about collecting data to understand the effectiveness of an eight milligram dose versus a four milligram dose? Well, collaboration was really key for this effort. So we worked with the New York State Police, who is, uh, they are one of our highest contributors to our law enforcement naloxone database. So uh, throughout the state since 2014, law enforcement have been providing information each time they administer naloxone, um, and New York State Police is one of those organizations. And with their statewide reach, it really allowed us um, to utilize that to get more participants um, in the study or more people who had administered naloxone through one organization only. So three of the New York State Police troops located in the Capital Region and the Hudson Valley Region of the state were given the eight milligram naloxone product where the other eight troops continue to receive the four milligram product they had been receiving. So as part of this study then, would it just be up to the troopers as they responded to an incident to determine this four milligram dose wasn't enough, I need to give them another four milligram dose or in the case of an eight milligram dose, an eight milligram dose is uh, not enough and I, I need to give them up to 16 milligrams for example? Exactly. So three troops only had the eight milligram dose and then the other ones only had the four milligram dose and they are trained on a regular basis to give a dose and then to wait to see if it works or not. And then to give a second dose if they determine that it's needed while they wait for EMS. And for the purposes of naloxone, when we say it works, what what does it mean that it's working? Is this just about restoring normal breathing or is this the person actually goes, I'm awake. I go, thanks, God, I saw the light. Thanks for bringing me back. I'm so glad you asked that question. Naloxone will reverse the effects of opioids and start the person breathing again. But if they'd had alcohol or sedatives or a common attitude to to what is all fentanyl out there these days, xylazine, they may still be very sedated. And so one needs to d- differentiate their breathing now, even if they're still sedated. And, and that's probably one of the reasons that people are very prone to giving two doses, because 
it's about respiration, not conversation. We want them to breathe. And with EMS on the way, the breast can be taken care of later. So based on the study that you conducted from March of 2022 to mid-August of 2023, what were your takeaways? I think one of the biggest takeaways, you know, more is not always better in this case. Um, those who received the eight milligram product received the same number of doses as those who received the four milligram product. So in the end, they actually received an average of almost double the amount of naloxone in milligrams as those who got the four milligram product. And of those who had the eight milligram product, almost 40% of them had opioid withdrawal signs and symptoms, which are very unpleasant, um, including things like vomiting, compared with only 19% of those in the four milligram product group. And we also saw higher rates of disorientation and lethargy among the eight milligram group too. On the other hand, though, another thing that was a huge takeaway was that 99% of the people administered both products survived. So in this case, you know, it's really important for people to know no matter which product of naloxone you have, if you encounter someone experiencing opioid overdose, that naloxone should be used and is effective at re um, reversing opioid overdose. Right. And, and I think we should say a little bit more about withdrawal symptoms. Um, people often say, oh, it's better to have withdrawal than death, which I would agree with. However, there may be some real unintended consequences of putting people into more severe withdrawal than they need to be. Um, we certainly will see that people may be more reluctant to use the naloxone. They may go out and use more opioids to try to overcome that blockade, which when it wears off can be dangerous. And vomiting is very disturbing, especially if people are sedated. There is some indication in the medical literature that we see aspiration pneumonia after somebody vomits while sedated and, and chokes on the vomit. So withdrawal symptoms really do matter. Survival matters the most, and we're seeing survival in both groups. Well, then how do you think public health officials in New York, as well as uh, around the country who are trying to respond to the uh, opioid epidemic, should utilize these findings? Well, I think that these findings are unique. We actually did a similar study back in like maybe 2015 when there was a lower dose naloxone and the four milligram came out. We compared and interestingly enough, we saw the same number of doses given, but we didn't see more than a trend towards more withdrawal with our current product. And, and I think this is information that all sorts of programs that are getting naloxone into the community, whether police or community members need to think about the well, as the study said, we found no benefit to the higher dose naloxone in this setting, and we did see some downside. So I think that needs to be taken into consideration. There's further work being worked on in our department and in some other places. We need more, we, we need more information on this. This is a beginning, and I hope to see more within the next year. Well, I want to talk about what it would look like to collect additional data that might help inform decisions, but based on what you have from this report and general understanding of the medical community, does it make sense that the state would then keep in place the standing order uh, that limits the dose to four milligrams uh, in terms of the naloxone that's available uh, through the state right now? I believe so. So I'm, I'm totally clinical on this, but it's part of my job to inform the state of what the information actually is. And if we're seeing no upside to increasing the number of formulations out there. And we will continue to consider whatever comes out. 
and we see a downside to it, I think it's appropriate that everything is available by prescription in New York State. Medicaid covers all of the formulations, including some that are extremely high dose. So a person, as long as they have a provider, can discuss whether or not their needs might need higher doses. But honestly, we haven't got any guidance to say who might need higher doses. Especially, I mean, there's a good reason why there's two doses in every kit in case more is needed. Um, we don't intend that to be for two overdoses. We tell people, if you use one dose, get a new kit because you always want to have two doses on hand. Well, moving forward, in order to collect more meaningful data, what sort of studies or, or samples would you look for? And is randomizing some of this something that you would try to incorporate in the future? That would be great, but that's very difficult if people have a choice on hand of what formulation to give, and we've seen that in a study ages ago from Australia, is people tend to have judgment. And we're talking about life or death here. And so for people to say, oh, I think this only needs four milligrams and this one only needs this many milligrams, I don't think we could do a true randomized study. We also need to be in a place where we can collect the data. There's a lot of naloxone being used by our community members, especially out of our, our health hubs and syringe exchange programs. But getting accurate reports back is, is really difficult. There is one part of the country that has those accurate reports, and they are currently analyzing their data on rather a smaller dose of naloxone. But there's some pretty big challenges in doing these studies. So as Emily said, we were really lucky to have this ongoing prog program with law enforcement across New York. A study that's... Uh championed by the harm reduction community, which was funded by the FDA, found that when oxygen is available, lower doses of naloxone can be effective for serious fentanyl overdoses. But when it's not available, receiving more than four milligram uh, dose as soon as possible is really what's important. And the takeaway from the harm reduction community is that the eight milligram dose is kind of that sweet spot uh, for the more serious uh, cases, which is contrary to what your findings are. So do you feel like this negates the idea of the eight milligram dose being much more effective than just a four milligram dose? We saw no evidence of that. And having been more medical director of harm reduction coalition for 13 years, I certainly would not say anything bad about the harm reduction world. But I think that it's possible the study you're referring to was done by the company making the newer naloxone and asking people what they thought. You're absolutely right about oxygen being key when you've got it. Um, yeah, it was it, a simulation as opposed to something like uh, you guys did in actual field testing. Exactly. I mean, overdoses are scary. It's really easy to want to give two doses. I've reversed overdoses on the subway and had to restrain my physician assistant friend from jamming the other one up the nostril before I got the first one out. Um, overdoses are scary. They really are. Um, so, Well, Sharon, as someone who spent time in the harm reduction community, you're obviously familiar with the skepticism and reluctance that the community has when it comes towards law enforcement. So when they think about a study that you did that involves the state police, how would you try to reassure them that these are results that they can count on it? That this isn't skewed or biased based on law enforcement sort of perception of some of these issues and maybe biases that they might bring to the table? That's a really worthwhile question. So far, 
I'd say the harm reduction community has been really welcoming of this study. We didn't publish until just recently, but we were able to put out a data release early on that was, you know, it wasn't peer reviewed yet. We put out a data release and it's been widely accepted by the harm reduction community. Um, and in fact, I'll be speaking at a harm reduction gathering sometime later in March about this. So it, it's been pretty well accepted, I think. And there might be some mistrust once that's really clear out there. But it also was in the upside that I think a lot of people might feel more comfortable about it because it was done with law enforcement. Another thing that is important to note is actually one of the things we analyzed, but we haven't been talking about as much, is the perception of anger or combativeness uh, post naloxone administration. And we really saw that coming up very rarely in both products. So it seemed like, you know, most of these experiences, while not good, uh, were not kind of accompanied by some type of like uh, aggressive encounter between law enforcement and the person who was administered naloxone. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have today. We've been speaking with Emily Payne, an epidemiologist for the State Department of Health's AIDS Institute, as well as Dr. Sharon Stancliffe, an associate medical director at the State Department of Health's AIDS Institute. Sharon and Emily, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capitol Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.